What do we do when we find ourselves up against the many leadership challenges that exist within our chosen careers? We all have goals and achievements that we would like to accomplish. Unfortunately, these desires don't come equipped with insight or awareness on how to bring these accomplishments to light. In essence, this is why the Dream Octane Niche Finder Framework was formed. Our founder, Clifton C. Manning, spent the first 17 of his 20-year career in healthcare working with physicians and healthcare leaders to achieve patient-centric goals while possessing only an associate's degree in applied science. At times, these challenges were daunting, and he felt unqualified to achieve the success he wanted. However, he focused on becoming intentional in reading every leadership book that he could find, as well as attending frequent seminars in areas where he saw opportunities to improve. Over time, as he applied insights gained from these various sources, he was able to successfully and efficiently cross the hurdles he found himself up against. Eventually, varying degrees of success within his sphere of leadership influence became more evident. The Niche Finder podcast is intended to bring similar insight to you, the listener, from those who have achieved some level of noteworthy success in their chosen career. Our hope is that the challenges they have overcome in the past will provide insight for your current leadership struggles and unlock the dream of achieving success in your own career. We believe that if innovative change is an engine, your unique dreams and abilities could be its fuel. And now I present to you the host of the Niche Finder podcast, Clifton C. Manning. All right, we want to welcome you to this episode of the Niche Finder Framework. Today, we have Mary Ann Jackson. She is currently at Prudential as the Vice President of Process Management. She focuses on organizational design and operational compliance. She has been employed with Prudential since 1997. That's right, 24 years, y'all. She held several positions in group insurance, claims manager, disability consultant, financial analyst, manager of financial analysis, and project manager of life product development. Her passion or her heart is really pulled on by what she has done in addition to that experience that she had in, at Prudential, where she's been a chief financial officer for the Girls Action Network, or GAN for short, a nonprofit organization that focuses on the empowerment of young women. Marianne also serves as the executive vice chairwoman of the board of the United Ways for Greater Newark and is the chief operating officer for the Black Leadership Forum or BLF. Most recently, she has joined the advisory board for Apex Solutions Group, which is a minority owned business management consulting company that's doing great things in not only New Jersey, but they're about to expand across the U.S. I <laughs> love it. So without further ado, I want to introduce the Niche Finder podcast or the framework, our network to this walking network of a person in the person of Mary Ann Jackson. Welcome to the program. Uh, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. And you know, when you hear people give you your, your bio back, you're like, really? I did all that? Well, what does that really mean? <laughs> <laughs> what it really means is that you important. You know what I'm saying? You important. We're glad to have you on the show. <laughs> and tell the audience, what do you consider to be your niche? And why should they have a vested interest in your journey? 
well, so my niche and I found it later on in life was actually re- relationship management. Mm-hmm. And it is connecting people with each other and with themselves more importantly. So I've been working on some brand statements and one of my favorite brand statement is I'm a catalyst for connection who empowers individuals mm-hmm. to fellowship with authenticity. And that's one mm-hmm. thing that people don't really understand that sometimes your niche is a social networking item so i'm great with people which is why my network is insane i always tell people but what it does is it allows you to help people grow with who they are and then in turn they help you grow Mm. and so you know when you start to think about your niche right so you know where you are right now you've landed in this spot but at the very start of your journey what exactly did you want to accomplish i just wanted to make a whole lot of money when i grew up (laughs) And take care of my mother. So my mother tells a story that when I was little, we were walking by a Porsche dealer and I said, mommy, I'm going to buy you one of those when you when I grow up. Now, my mother has never had a driver's license. So it's hilarious that this little kid is telling her mother, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of you. So what is funny is that even back then, it was very important for me to care for others and to be dependable. So as a kid, you're just you're walking. I already had that. I never realized that that is who I would grow to be anyway. Wow. Mm. So what did you what you know, tell me about some of the external struggles that you found at the very start of your journey. And, and I just want to kind of back into this because you have so many layers to what you have been <laughs> doing. Right. So you have Prudential, but even before Prudential, you also or within Prudential, actually, you have the Girls Action Network. So I, I'm going to leave it up to you to tell me where exactly did you feel you had these external struggles coming up against you and tell us a little bit about how you overcame them. So I am a woman of a certain age, so I'm not a kid. Um, and I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, went to a public school, but I did go to a gifted and talented school called University High School. Um, so in that, I went to school with the politicians, kids, some people who are now, you know, famous musicians, um, a bunch of authors now. But in that, we celebrated black excellence although we were known to be in a not good school system right right so what happens is when you're in an environment where everyone looks like you everyone celebrates who you are you do become isolated to that external noise that would tell you you're not good you're not good enough Mm -hmm. it wasn't until i went to college which was the opposite environment where when i went to school i went to school in massachusetts Mm-hmm. And my school, when I went, was less than 2% black. Okay. So I went into an environment where there were no Greeks or sororities or fraternities that were black. And if we wanted to fellowship with black people, we went to Harvard and MIT to find people to fellowship with because there were so few of us on campus. Ah, uh, okay. So now you walk into an environment where people are telling you the things that you missed because that wasn't your media circle. Mm. That wasn't the newspapers you were reading. And that's not what you were telling each other within your cohorts in your school. So Mm. now I am being told that I'm less than or I need to reconsider certain things. And then I am around people who were not raised in the same system that I was. So they're telling themselves that they have self-doubt. They're telling themselves like, oh, no, you can't do that. 
you can't say that. I'm like, yes, I can. Why can't I? So that was the first time I started to get that the struggle of what the mainstream world was and where I had grown up was very different. And it wasn't until I got older that I learned that it was a blessing to be with people who look like me, who was the neighborhood where, you know, if you didn't do somebody, the neighbor would tell your mother. It was literally it was a village to raise, you know, to raise. It took a village to raise a child to the point that I've gone through some not very beneficial racial experiences when I was at school to the point I was going to leave. I was like, okay, I'm out of here. I can't do this. Mm. And I had a professor who said to me in the gym, I said, you know, I think I'm going to leave. I think I'm going to go and I'm going to transfer to a school in New Jersey. And this was a white Jewish man. And he said to me, well, that'll be a shame because if you leave, then they win. Wow. And I said, what do you mean? He said, what you need to understand is when people are afraid to hear you, they need when when people are afraid to hear you speak, you need to speak up. And when people are afraid to see you, you need to show up everywhere that they are and you need to do it with excellence. Mm. So I said, okay, never thought about it that way. Yeah, who could argue with that? that right. <laughs> never thought about it that way. I then come home and I tell my neighbor, not no regular education. No, most people will say she's, she's one of the hood people. God mm. raised her soul now when I said, I'm leaving. And she said, no, you're not. You're in school for free. You have a full scholarship because you're smart. And you must be more afraid of them than you are of me. Because if Mm. you come home and you give up the opportunity you have, you're going to have to deal with me. Mm. I was like, okay, I got it. (laughs) And I stayed in school and I went through with, you know what? Every time there was a a bad situation, I had to turn it around. Because I now have two people from two different sides of the spectrum telling me that's the right thing to do. Wow. Like, you will not let them win. They will not beat you. What they don't like about you is the fact that they cannot be you. So mm. understand, if you didn't matter, they wouldn't They wouldn't even give you the time of day. Mm. And so I, you know, I, 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 I feel like the, the pilot light has already been lit and the gas is starting to turn up a little bit. <laughs> you know, Rick Warren actually has a great quote when he had a message. Uh, this was several years ago. I remember reading this. It, it, uh, it, the message was called Courage to Pursue Your Life Calling. And the quote that he used that I just pulled out was God does not call the equip. He equips the called. And I just find that it's so enlightening that what you're saying of how every time you wanted to take a step back and it was almost as if this these situations was trying to rob you from that that childish dream that you have of mom, I'm going to take care of you. Right. And what was stopping you in this great school is great opportunity was all the other external noise that was going on around you. Now, tell me this. What internal struggles did you end up having? Were they right? It was that self-doubt where they write, well, maybe I'm not smart enough to be here. Now, I couldn't afford to be there. I actually helped write a proposal for the scholarship that got me to go there because I had I was part of this group called Inroads. And I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Inroads, but it still exists today. And anybody who is in a place where it is an affiliate, they have an affiliate. I say go. 
Put your children in it. Because their mission was to develop and place talented minority youth in business and industry and prepare them for corporate and community leadership. I can tell you this almost 30 years later what the mission was. <laughs> okay? I can tell you then. <laughs> I had never heard of the school existed that I went to. They took me on a college fair. And I said, oh my God, this is so nice. I want to come here, but I can't afford it. And my enrolls counselor said to me, well, maybe not now, but let's see what we can do. Let's pull some numbers and let's write something up and let's see if we can have them pay for you to come here. Right. And I said, really? He said, all they can do is tell you no. Let's try. Hmm. That scholarship still exists today. Wow. I was the first one to ever get it. Yep. I was the first one to ever get it. And you want to know what's really funny? Hmm. That relationship that I had with that Enrose counselor almost 30 years ago, we worked together at my company today and we did a panel discussion today where he was the facilitator and I was a panelist for now. Wow, 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 wow. Sound like sound like Destiny tapping you on the shoulder there, right? <laughs> That's amazing. You know, um, you know, Les Brown actually said, I believe it's Les Brown. He says, you know, don't go where the path may lead, go where there is no path and leave a trail. At the start of your journey, what type of epiphany do you feel like you experienced in your journey? And what new opportunity did you gain from that? So what I realized is that there is a power in knowing who you are and understanding that we don't have to be like anybody else because everybody else is already taken. Just be yourself. Mm. The only thing unique about you is you. So why would you take away the one thing that makes you you? So a lot of times we go through imposter syndrome and we go through these 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 idea these ideas that we have to be like somebody else. Like, oh, they sing like Beyonce. No, Beyonce sing like Beyonce. You sing like Mm. how you sing. You write how you write. You do what you do. Because there's room for everybody to eat at the table. Shirley Chisholm used to always say, if they do not have a seat at you at the table, pull up a folding chair. Bring a folding Mm. chair. And Mm. that is a very true statement. But it takes us so long to figure out what makes us who we are because we let so many of the external factors help form who we think we are supposed to be. Mm. And the people that really have true success are the ones that did not listen to the naysayers. It is those stories that say, everybody told me I should give up and I didn't. It is those stories that say, why would you do that? You can't do that. It is those stories. And what is hilarious is that we hear it over and over and over again the keys to success the perseverance the honing of your craft to figure out what it is about you that makes you unique and we just we just said no we're going to be like them you miss the message the message isn't to be like them it's to be like you wow you know dr miles monroe um had a great statement where he says disappointment is only possible where expectation is present and so the disappointment that we often go through we may think that is there to kind of detract us from our dream no in essence it's only there because you have high expectations because you have that dream that why you know when you feel like there's some kind of barriers or roadblocks that you're running into that you now have to hurdle over you think that it's a deterrent 
But as you were going through your journey in this last section of, 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 of your journey, uh, what type of roadblocks did you end up coming up against and how did you overcome them? It was people who did not like the fact that I was good with people. So again, if I have great relationships with people, they had a, they had a problem with it. So I had a situation where someone actually pulled one of my promotions. So that's one thing. Sometimes when things don't go your way, you have to be very careful at how you respond. The only thing that you are truly in control of is your response to the stimuli that is presented to you. Mm. People can't make you angry. You give people the power to make you angry. Wow. So I had somebody that really... I called them out on some bad behavior because I am not, I am very direct. And I, you know, my current boss said to me, I always say I'm an elephant in the room. And she's like, no, what you do is you do not ignore the elephant in the room. You are just gracious enough to help us eat it. Wow. So, and how do you go ahead? I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so we had a guy who, you know, if you call people out on bad behavior, and you, you pull back the onion to say, well, why did you say that? Well, is, does that apply to everyone? They go into defense mechanism. But what yeah. I didn't realize is that I had seen this when I was an undergrad. So I had seen this playbook before. So that's why every experience, whether it's good or bad, you really have to take time to recap your life and recap the good and the bad. Because you never realize. So God is very faithful in the fact that he will not move you to the next level until you're ready. So he'll teach you a lesson and you may not learn it. He'll give it to you again in a different color. He'll give it to you in a different block and on different material. But until you overcome it, then he takes you to that next level. Because guess what? It's easy to fall down a stair. It's hard to fall down a cliff. So if you don't have those stairs to prepare you like, OK, I got this. I could do this. Sometimes it's patience, it's patience and it's perseverance. So the fact and you never know who's watching the fact that I did not respond negatively to very bad behavior. The fact that I did not ignore the bad behavior, but I called it out with grace and mercy and stood where I was supposed to stand Hmm. that is what made other people come and say I need to help her this can't happen to her because if she doesn't react why am I reacting to what I react to and Hmm. you don't even realize it it is just you know what I gotta be who I'm gonna be you're not gonna make me the stereotype you want me to be I am not gonna perpetuate the, the characteristics that you say I'm supposed to because you say I'm supposed to when it's not who I am. A lot of times we are drugged into that situation and then we react and then we have the bad press from it. If you have two people arguing, when the people get to you, when you see two people screaming, it doesn't matter how it started. It's only they see two people arguing. So you have to be very cognizant of what you are going to do and how you're going to do it. I play chess while everybody else is playing tic-tac-toe. You may win today and you may get my pawn, but I'm going to get your king. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> so ladies and gentlemen if you just tuned in right now this is uh mary ann jackson uh she is the board executive vice chair for united way of greater uh, north she's also been with prudential for 24 years uh, you know if i were to put this into uh the classifications i have in my book uh, as far as someone of value being just like fuel i would say this conversation is high octane because uh you know what has gotten her to where she is right now is definitely not regular it's not regular <laughs> and so we're so grateful to have her that first section that we just went over is uh your journey right now so now what we want to talk about is your niche we define a niche as five things and the first one is uh what do you do that feel that you're passionate about the second, what do you do that feels purposeful? The third, what patterns do you or what do you do naturally well? What are your patterns? The fourth is proficiency. What do you do well or have learned to do well over time? And the last one is problem solving. What do people come to you to solve in a unique way? So we start out at the very beginning. What are your passions? What do you do that when you do it, you say, I have a strong interest in this? People. Mm. But it's funny because you you call it your P's. Mine is people planning and then creating what I call a win-win-win strategy. That's a win for the community, a win for the organization, and a win for the person itself. So we always talk about win-win. And I'm like, no, there's a different component there. So I got my win-win-win strategy. Mm. Um, And understanding that what's good for you may not be what's best for others. So you you got to figure that piece out. So when it comes to teaching people how to really understand who they are and what they want to do, it, 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 it gets me up in the morning. It gets me up in the morning. I don't let my man leave out this house without a positive affirmation. Wow. Because the world going to beat you down. So you know what? Before you leave this house, you will be equipped with love passion and understanding that no matter who they say you are you know who you are so walk mm. out and do great things so people are my passion <laughs> up and down. I can just see your I can see your husband Marcus running out that door like I'm ready y'all <laughs> I'm ready to win get a motivational pep talk like that man that's beautiful uh, what do you do that feels purposeful now what do you do that when you do it you say man I feel like I was made for this moment so the power of paying it forward mm. that that is I demonstrated I walk the walk I don't talk it I walk the walk so what's really interesting I was helping uh, an unnamed company help their di- do their diversity strategy and um, the guy said to me oh my gosh I cannot thank you enough when they came to me to say how do I do this I had no clue and you just took time you helped me prep for board meetings everything I don't even work at your company like why would you help mm. me And I said, because what you're going to do is going to have other people have an easier way to go. So he's like, what can I do for you? I said, just pay it forward. And he said, you're serious. I said, I'm dead serious. I said, what you need to understand is legacy is important. And the fact that you can say, hey, thank you. know, I thank you. Like, thank you so much. I got mine. I need you to help other people get theirs. That is that is why I get up every day. I'm very purposeful in that when it comes to the Girls Action Network and these girls and everything else to empower them. Because, again, if you help one and they help two 
and then they help to it multiplies. It's a multiplier effect. So mm. to be selfish is to be stupid to me because mm. there is great power in making other people powerful. Wow. What have you learned to do well over time or what are your proficiencies? I'm very good at helping people figure out greater outcomes for themselves. <laughs> I'm a strategist and wow. I didn't realize how much of a strategist I was. I at one point used to be that person that if you did something to me, I would sit and wait and figure out how to get you. And I may not get you today. I may not get you next week. It may take me three years to get you. But when I get you, the IRS is coming to your house. Like, I'm going to get you, get you. I turned that for good. So yeah, all right. it's like, okay, you know what? Let, let's turn this power for good. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> that sounds dangerous. It sounds like people be on the run. <laughs> Think about it. If you are like I said, I'm from Norton, Jersey. So if yeah. you are from the hood, people, you sit, you wait. Like I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna you have plot to get on them. you. <laughs> but you don't understand what that transferable skill really is because what it teaches you is how to assess a situation, know when to react, know when to hold back. You can then build a full strategy on how you're going to attack. There are so many people who I, I, I title does not matter. What you need to understand is the character of who people are and what we don't understand that some people have fantastic practices. They just don't practice it in the right way. So when Mm. you think of the people like when I see people that are like on the corner, I'm like, you know how good they are with money. Yeah. If they can understand the math that they do in their head and pull it to something else so you can never give up on anybody. Sometimes you just have to teach them you're good. You're not good at the hustling part or you're not good at the street. You're good at the. It's not the street part you're good at. It's the hustling part that you're good at that you Mm. can now put into a a legitimate business. You can put that into corporate America and run a division. These skills are transferable. And that's the piece that I think a lot of us, we, we, you know, we make money and we start discounting people based on titles and levels. I'm going to tell you the number one people that I always get to know is the executive assistants to anybody who is a leader. They are the gatekeeper. Mm, mm. The security guards will tell you who coming and going. (laughs) <laughs> oh you know i'm glad you do use your uh your your superpower for good though because <laughs> you got some inroads you make inroads out of nowhere there's no road you make an inroad uh, i appreciate that you know um as you were talking i actually thought about something that um you know actually we work together as a, a gentleman who is a, a chair of a, of, a, of a department and he said something to me that i thought was really interesting he said that character and i'm paraphrasing the character is what is the gift that we give to others and reputation is what they give us in return mm. so you know when we look at 
you know, just what you were sharing as far as, you know, just giving, giving from your heart um, and being able to, you know, just not be selfish. I think that really speaks to, you know, just the character of, of who you are and how you say how people were just investing in you as a result. Um, but I do want to encourage anyone who may be listening and maybe that's not their history. Maybe they've had, like you said, was on a corner versus being in the boardroom. I, I, I would admonish you or even encourage you to say we can often look to our past and complain about the machine that we're in or we could use our history in our past to remake that machine that we're in you know and just use it as a catalyst for change and so i appreciate you uh you sharing that i do want to get from you what patterns do you have what do you do naturally well um i guess i i figure out patterns of behavior i figure out what people are actually good at it's just it's one thing that i'm good at I always say, or I say to many people, I wish you can see in yourself what I see in you. Wow. So I manage a team of introverts. They are brilliant. So I call them the thinkers. Mm. You're the, the my, my direct management team, I call the thinkers. My larger team that I have, because you know, we have people that have direct reports that's under it. So my entire, my larger organization, I call the impacteers. Because mm. there's a power in the name. Mm. So you know what? What people may say, you're you no know, like you're too quiet. No, you're thinking. You don't always have to speak. You you need to understand that there are things that you you are good at, and sometimes you don't see it. And it's a pattern of behavior. It's a pattern of characters. There's a pattern, and I see patterns. So I, I don't know. Maybe I got a mm. problem, but I see patterns. Maybe that's OCD <laughs> for me. I don't know. <laughs> but. But I see patterns. The power in that is the ability to know how to combat those patterns or use those patterns or manipulate those patterns for a greater cause. So it's really funny because people hate the word manipulation. But all that is is influence. Yeah. All that is is cells. That's all that is. We go so deep into to what words mean. Mark and I had this deep conversation yesterday about uh, constructive criticism versus uh, constructive feedback. He's like, why, why do you care? I'm like, nomenclature matters. He said, only you use the word nomenclature. So <laughs> he's just like, Mary. But then I was saying, think about how people receive certain messages. If you say criticism, people automatically go into a negative. They miss the yeah. constructive part. But if right. you say feedback, oh, okay, well, what? That could be good. That could be bad. Mm. It doesn't automatically give a negative connotation. So it's yes. like when you see pe black people walking down the street and people are like, oh, I got to hold my, I got to hold my purse. I got to hold whatever. And then you're like, oh, I didn't know that black people yeah. were good. You're like, wow. wait, what, what, what lens <laughs> were you looking through? Right. I'm very good at letting people understand the lens in which they they look through because that changes how you respond to different situations. And your response is what's key because again, what you are only in control of is your response to any stimuli given. Mm. What problems do people come to you to solve? Oh my goodness. Um, it, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, it is so, it is a plethora of them to the <laughs> point that based on who the person is, I will say, am I listening to cosign? Am I listening to help you figure this out? Or do you just want to vent and I say nothing? Mm. 
because I have to change my filter on how I listen based on what you need. So I've had people come to me. I've had old employees from the 90s who are now in in other states call me to say, I have a I have a a performance thing tomorrow. Can I talk to you for a second? You Mm -hmm. haven't seen me in years. I'm like, sure. What's up? And we'll go through it. It can be relationship advice. It can be career advice. It can be, I've, I've had people, it was funny because the other night I showed Mark a picture. I said, you see this guy right here? I stopped him from committing suicide. Wow. And he was like, what? I said, now look at him. Now he got kids. He got a wife. Mm. He runs a business. I said, and I remember the day he was going to kill himself. Mm. Wow. You know, um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, I don't even know what to ask you after following that. Normally, I have a normally I have a quote or something, but I'm like, man, this this woman like a walking angel, man. She's like touched by angel <laughs> in, in 2021. <laughs> no, but um, that's that that right there, I think is um, you know, maybe it's the pattern recognition, maybe it's the fact that you're a giver, maybe it's just people having the discernment to to really fill your heart. But there's something special, and um, I, I think that is maybe it's just genuineness i don't know what it is but whatever it is that draws people to you i applaud the fact that you take ownership and responsibility for how you interface when they do come because even in this even what you just shared really speaks to if you had some other mindset if you maybe was oblivious uh, to you know what you were sensing that person was giving you at that time the, the outcome could have been different and so I do appreciate you you owning that superpower of yours that we just went through uh, so well. It was it's interesting because uh, it, it, where my company is, we have multiple build, buildings, so we'll run from different buildings to different meetings. And I used to pass this homeless guy every day as I'm running from one building to another. He's like my sister, my sister. And one day I said, "What's your name?" I just stopped. I'm like, "What's your name?" He was like, Raymond. I said, hey, Raymond, I'm Marianne. I held out my hand. I said, tell me what you need. He said, well, I said, where's your family? He said, well, I said, you're always kind. You're always respectful. I need to know how you got here. And he said, I was in a fire. He tells me the whole story. I said, okay, so let's make a deal. Every time you see me, you say, hey, Mary. And then when I'm coming through the garage, I'll make sure I bring you your coffee and your donut in the morning. Mm -hmm. What do you want? So we had a pattern. This is what we would do. Then I noticed if I'm walking out with coworkers, he wouldn't speak. So I stopped and I happened to be with some of our very senior leaders that day. And I said, hi, Raymond, how are you? He says, I'm good. I said, why don't you speak to me when I'm with people? He said, because I don't want to embarrass you. I said, it embarrasses me when you don't speak. Wow. Hmm. We walking down, we go into our meeting, and the senior leader says to me, that's what makes you you. I said, what? Mm. He said, you don't care who you with. You are always going to be who you are. I said, I can't be anybody less. I said, because jobs come and go, looks come and go, money comes and goes. You think about it. Health is one sickness away. Financial security is one bad decision away. I said, Mm. Good looks is one car accident away. I said, I can't be hung up on the present. I got to think about the future. It's not my date of birth. It won't be my date of death. It'll be what I did with that dash in the middle. Mm. 
Wow. You know, tell me, you know, I want you to, I appreciate you sharing that right there for our audience. I think there's somebody who actually is going to be impacted, uh, definitely by, by your journey, by your perspective, by what you have to share. Um, I do want to get from you right now as we, as you're talking to, as we, we're speaking to each other, I do want to get from you your secrets. So as we interface with each other, I want you to kind of pretend like I'm your younger self and you talk to me or talk to our audience as if it's your younger self and 20, 24 years ago um, before you started on this journey to becoming the vice president of who, where you are right now in Prudential uh, before you got to the girl action network before you started sitting on all these various boards and making the impact that you've been doing what secret one secret would you share with your pre-niche self that will help accelerate your younger self from where they are at that point to where you are today always value who you are and who you're around and understand that value will come in different different ways shapes and forms I wish I knew then what I know now in regards to the importance of knowing what you're good at the importance of not being judgmental the importance and understanding people cannot unhear what you have said so I used to be a hothead in my 20s. I had a mouth like a machete. I was quick to jump over a fence. Thank God there was no social media then because I probably wouldn't be where I am now. <laughs> so my heart bleeds for these young people now because everything is documented. Right. There is so much that we got away with that nobody ever saw until we tell the story. And then right. we tell it with the embellishment that makes us look good. Look good. <laughs> Think about it. Like, seriously. So it is amazing. I wish I knew now how to compartmentalize, how to look at the bigger picture. Like, I wish I knew then. Like, anybody who dated me before and when Mark now, it's night and day. I, we always laugh like, you really don't know who I am. <laughs> I had to work hard to be this person who I am now. That's what I love about the work I do with the Girls Action Network, because what we focus on is teaching these young women how to find out what they're good at now, to understand the value of who they are and how to strategize not to fall in these pitfalls. We're not asking for perfection. We're just asking for thoughtfulness. Mm. That's it. It It is a secret that the key to any success is being thoughtful in your actions and your reactions. Wow. Hmm. You know, um, I, I think that, you know, just what you're sharing right now and you're speaking to your younger self, as we just mentioned, uh, what one secret would you say, okay, even though you have uh, this dream that's uh, up in front of you, what one secret would you say to your younger self that would help to keep you committed to getting to where you are today, to staying committed? Knowing, knowing you're good enough. Knowing you're good enough. When you, when you know that you're good enough and you know that you are excellent, then people can't tell you different. So, you know, for me, closed mouths don't get fed. All you can do is ask. And it wasn't until I was later on in my life that I had built all these these, these great relationships. I never, ever, I don't want to say use them, but I never really asked for anything. from. They'd always say, what do you need? What do you want? I'm like, ah, oh, just pay it for it. I'm good. Da, da, da. No, what do you need? 
What do you need? We were on a cruise. I kid you not. And I, I take, I love my senior citizens. Like I feel I learned so much from them. Those are my, 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 my golden. I used to have a group of, I call my golden girls that I, would, <laughs> I take on vacation. So I'm pushing wheelchairs on vacation, everything like it's all good. Wow. And when you do hindsight and some of them are gone now, they've died of cancer and different things like that. But when you look in hindsight, it's like, you know what? You did good work and you yeah. learn so much from them. But we were on vacation and I'm in a concierge lounge and this woman is talking and she's asking, are there any low pack in any low pack tours? And the lady's like, no. I'm like, no, there are. And I started giving her a list. I said, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm not trying to eavesdrop. But here are here are the low pack and here are the low the low intensity you know tours you can do. I know I'm here with you know my golden girls. I got mm-hmm. one in a wheelchair. I'm telling her, I'm like, okay, great. Now this woman's young, beautiful, standing with this guy. I okay, bye. I move on, go about my business. I'm helpful. Oh, thank you. My godfather knocks on my cabin door. He said, who were you talking to in the concierge lounge? I was like, I don't know. Just somebody. They just asked a question. He said, do you understand who that is? I'm like, no. He said, the guy imports all the water into Saudi Arabia. Wow. The wife is an international journalist for ABC. Hmm. He said, I walked in and they were like, who is that young girl? We are friends to this day. That was 10 years ago. Whenever they are in the country, I've met his mother, his sister. They're like, oh my God, we love you so much. (laughs) And these are billionaires. Wow. And we'll sit and we're laughing in the lab. And I'm like, and I say, what is it? Why, why me? Why why are we still friends? And she said, because I can always be myself around you. Wow. You don't care who I am or how much money I make. You just care that I'm okay. Hmm. Wow. That's uh that that right there. <laughs> you you I, I listen to you talk and it's almost as if I I I I opened up a best-selling book and I'm just reading the pages. <laughs> like this the stories that you have it's just like wow. You know, do you hear yourself? <laughs> do you hear yourself when you speak? <laughs> I love it, man. Um, this is um, this is a treat. So, when it came down to after you found your your niche, um, what type of struggles did you that you encounter, or did you encounter after you found your niche? Okay, so when you're good at people and you're good with people and you're always around people and people are always coming to you, you feel like you're always pouring out. And you're very, I'm very careful of who I tell what to, because what you're willing to forgive, people aren't willing to forget. Everybody does not think or compartmentalize like I do. Like if I have a bad exchange with somebody and in my mind and my first emotion is they, they wrong, they so wrong. I'll play it back and I'll take notes. Okay. What did I say? Okay. How could they have interpreted that? They were having a bad day. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. It is very, very worth it. But when you have a people, like I've had a dinner party and I had a judge sitting next to a criminal. That used to be the hardest part. I used to always want to keep my circle separate. And I'm like, well, my circles are who I am. So I bring them all together. What is hilarious is that the judge wanted to try to help to get the criminal off 
because she said, oh my God, you have no clue who you really are. She started talking the way I was talking. This Mm. is what people don't understand. Most people are very lazy. And when I say that, I mean, they don't take the time to formulate their own opinion. We are quick to regurgitate the opinions of others. And if you look at news cycles or whatever else, it tells you it's not an article you read. You haven't read the bill, but you're quick with an opinion to to regurgitate. And Ursula Burns, who used to be, I think, the CEO of Exxon, she was one of the the first black CEOs, women CEOs. She came to Peru and she she did a conference for us. And she said, what I realize is when people tell me what I like, what I lack, if I continuously say, like, I'm a strategist, I'm a strategist. Oh, yeah, I'm great with people. What you'll find is that they'll start repeating that about you. Oh, yeah, she's a strategist. They have no clue where they got it from. They don't know that they're just regurgitating your words. She said, that's when you need to understand the power of what you are creating when it comes to your personal brand. Mm. Talk about yourselves as they want to. You want people to talk about you. Anybody that meets me will say to you, her circle is insane. Her network is crazy. Some have experienced it. Some have not. I've gotten discounts on things because people like you get her the circle that come with her oh my goodness and I'm like you haven't benefited from my circle what are you talking about but it is just the power of understanding what you bring to the table and it's understanding that you're always going to have to be your authentic self and you don't have to apologize for it so the hard part is when you have people that come to you from all makes and models all different types of you know you know classism everything else you got to realize that You don't have to separate these people. You need to put them together because people need to understand the value of other people because we walk through these mindsets that are manufactured from others. So it's not till you get to meet, you know, the people. And like I said, I'll have the maid with the owner of the the commercial building. Mm. Like Mm. the maintenance staff sitting right there. One of my best friends works in the mailroom. And he gets invited to everything like everybody else that guy has the ticket hookup of all ticket hookups <laughs> like and that's what that's what people don't realize you can't like i'm sorry everybody has something to offer everybody is special everybody in who they are in their current state has something you can learn from even if it's what not to do hmm you know, John Maxwell um, had a, a talk and I believe he, he called it um, Find Your Purpose. And he said the difference between su- success and significance is success is when you add value to yourself. Significance is when you add value to others. And so as you started to go through your different layers of success that we kind of articulated a little bit earlier today. Um, what value did you find being added to yourself as you started to fortify yourself either through academics or experience? And what value do you feel, and some of which you already mentioned, began to be added to others? So the value that I, 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 <laughs> I found for myself is the value of failure. Uh, the things that did not go well, the things that I had to, to, to crawl out of, the bad decisions I made. 
I can tell you exactly what I said that blackballed me at one point at some point mm. in my career. I know exactly what I said and how I said it. So, mm. And I can take full accountability for that. And any yeah. senior leader that knows me knows I was like, oh, no, I did it. And it was wrong. And I know <laughs> I did it. But they also know that if someone says I did it, I'm like, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. They know I did. They know right. I didn't. So right. it, it is understanding that your character means everything. It really does. You're not going to be perfect. We're never going to be perfect. We always are going to make mistakes. It's owning up to those mistakes and not owning not owning up with the butt. Not with the excuses. I'm going to tell you, and I hope anybody listening takes this because this is the best lesson I ever learned in, in life. When you have conversations with people, you have to say, what is the outcome I want out of bringing this up? Hmm. Think of you arguing with your wife, your mate, whatever. Is that 60 seconds of what's getting ready to come out your mouth worth the lifetime of memories that's going to come and the regurgitation of those words over and over again? You have to be purposeful when you speak. My first lady said to me one day, I will never give my I will never give my boss more respect than I give my husband and I will not curse out my boss. Mm. I was like, wow. Mm. I need to take that back home. So, like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's it's those little things that really make a big difference. But it goes right back to what I'm good at. It's the people piece. Mm. Last couple of questions that I have for you, man, because I this is one of these episodes. I'm gonna have to rinse and repeat it for a couple of times just because anytime you feel get a little bit of motivation, hit that episode <laughs> Mary Ann Jackson, y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me ask you this. So I, I do want to get action items from you. That's gonna be the last question that I ask you. But but how do you know when it's time to change course versus staying focused on your goal? When you're not happy, when you have the success. Mm. And I had a chief marketing officer say that to me. She says, if you get the, if you get the position, you're still unhappy, then you know, it's time to change gears. It's not in the failure. Sometimes it's in the success. It is in, it's not, that's how, you know, people who said, you know what? I had to change my, my full career. Um, what's really interesting. And, and I, and I say this, I love my CEO. He is, he is phenomenal inside and out as a human being and as a business leader. And partly because he changed gears in the midst of his success. So he went to Harvard. He graduated from Harvard, Yale and Princeton. He used to be an architect. Now he's the CEO of a financial company. <laughs> like hmm. who does that? Wow. Um, I, I had a co-worker that was captain in the military. Then she came to work at Pru as a disability consultant. Now she's an esthetician that specializes in skincare for cancer patients in Cali, doing big things, mm. big things. Sometimes it's in the midst of the success that you're like, you know what? It's time to change gears because I don't need to take this space up anymore. Like it is very unlikely that I'll sit on another board. Very unlikely because someone else needs to sit on that board. Someone else needs that space. I've already learned from that. Sometimes you have to learn the power of the no to make sure that you give someone else the opportunity. Hmm. Well, what 
what uh, would you give to our audience to say that these are some some must haves uh, action items to get started, uh, whether it, it, it's it's being involved in, you know, one on one service or your, the girl action network that you're doing such a great work with or even accelerating in their in their in their career path. What action items could you give to help accelerate their, their progress in that direction? It's a plan. You've got to have a plan for whatever you do. Period. Mm. If you have a plan and you need to write down that plan, if you write down things for some reason, they come to fruition more than if you don't. It's something you can refer back to. You need to take notes. Here is one thing that I think is very important. I used to be a journaler. I used to journal every day. Here's the highlight of my day. Here's the low point of my day. Here's everything I, I did. When I go through horrible situations, I read back and was like, oh my God, I thought that was a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to remember this like a year from now? It is the importance of understanding and evaluating how you feel at different points in your life because that's how you figure out your patterns of behavior. Yeah. You understand what your triggers are. You're able to understand and articulate to others how you want to be treated. We expect people to read our minds. Like, I work hard, promote me. Did you ever say you ever wanted to be promoted? Hmm. Did you did you ever say, hey, here's my action plan and what I want to do? Oh, I want to join a board. Did you ever volunteer to say, okay, I'm going to do this. Here, here, here is my desire to do this. Here's my plan. Plans mean everything. It's just like a budget. You need to spend more than you make. In order to do that, you need to know what you spend. You need to write it down. You need to know six months of your electric bill. You need mm-hmm. to know what, you know, right. what what I call the lunchbox loans. You know you mm-hmm. have those people that come to you like, can I borrow $10? Can I right. buy you know birthdays come every year. You know anniversaries come every year. You know you're going to buy a gift. Put it in your budget. Right. Plan. If you plan, you can do and out overcome anything at all. We do not take time to plan. And mm. that and then we wonder like why didn't this work? If you don't if you don't understand what's in your checkbook, how do you expect to know when you overdraft? You know, right. like stop. Like that that is what I tell any all my mentees, my nieces, my nephews, what's your plan? I'm not telling you if it's right or wrong. I just need to know what your plan is. I need your short-term plan. I need your long-term plan. And I need to know what your milestones are in between. Hmm. <laughs> so That's I why love I'm a project manager. Project manager. <laughs> and and, and um, I get it, man. Make more than what you what you spend. I think having that budget is is so important. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that. If someone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and connect on uh, another level outside of this program well so it's really funny because my name is very very plain and if you look at marianne jackson the woman from the little rascal shows up <laughs> so like if you google me you'll get the little girl from the, the little rascals but if you do marianne f jackson because my name is marianne francis jackson as plain as it gets and i always tell people marianne is who shows up at corporate Francis is when you work in my nerves. Jackson is when I have to go to the streets. Understand the totality of who I am, the totality of who I am. Right. So they they can look me up in LinkedIn uh, for Mary F. Jackson. <laughs> That's how they can find me on LinkedIn. And they can go in there and just in and, and uh, just DM me or they can find me on Facebook under the same. So 
and everything is Marion F. Jackson. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And you know, if you want to reach out to us, um, it's dreamoctane.org where we have the latest things uh, that we have to offer on by way of developing, d- discovering, developing, or delivering your niche. And you know, our motto is uh, right along the lines of this high octane uh, guest that we have on today, which basically says that if innovative change is an engine, your dream and ability could be its fuel. Thank you for tuning in today. Again, we want to thank Mary Ann F. Jackson for being on the program today and we'll have her LinkedIn information in the um, the, the show description in the bio section of this program and we're happy to announce that we have now been moved to the Google platform so every month we kind of been moving slowly but surely and hopefully I'm hoping that my virtual assistant will call me to say that by the end of this month we'll be on Apple as well so it's a tortoise race for us but thank you for for being a part of the process Uh, I really want us to be like you watching little baby baby michael jackson growing up from when he was like and now he's growing up so uh, hopefully hopefully you can join us in the whole journey as we we um pursue this mark of giving value to you on your journey towards success thank you for tuning in today and we look forward to having you on the very next episode with the very next guest thanks again thank you